Hello, hello, hello. One week from today, draft day eve. Happy Wednesday to all. I'm going to talk more about Alan Robinson. Um, yesterday's podcast was dedicated to Robinson, but the deal just happened. I didn't get a chance to sink in. Um, and calling it a trip, and, and I, please check out the article today, too. I, I really dug in and how the fit is and a lot of good feedback from you guys as always i always appreciate your guys comments that's great fun interacting on the site too so calling this a trade is a bit of a stretch i mean Sears go from 234th overall to 251 and pick up Allen robinson so really all they did was give up five million dollars in cap space that's what this is going to cost them. I don't care about the, the the picks in round seven when half you guys aren't even watching or paying attention. You know, so $5 million in cap space for this player is very, very worth it. Now, it's a little bit of apples to oranges, but the Ravens just gave $15 million guaranteed to Odell. They were both drafted in 2014, same year. I think it was 2014. Odell might be better right now than Robinson, but they both had – Really good careers. They're about the same age. And this isn't even guaranteed. Like, Robinson can come to camp, be horrendous, and look at him and be like, that dude's done. Cut him. Use that $5 million somewhere else. After this year, they have no financial responsibility to him if they don't want. So, the risk here is nothing. I mean, I guess here's the only risk is if by chance, and we'll talk about the draft coming up too and what it means, but... If you dra- if you make this trade and in round three, you're torn between a safety and a receiver and you decided to take the safety because you're confident Robinson's going to be a major contributor, which frankly I am, and he isn't, well, then you missed that opportunity cost of if we hadn't made this trade, we would have drafted the receiver and now he's a bear and he's doing well or whatever. So really that's all this thing costs you is maybe – the opportunity to draft one. And I'm not even saying they will or won't draft one. We'll get to that. But so <laughs> I tell this little story too. One year ago, the well, the Rams in free agency signed Robinson to a three-year $46.5 million deal. And Robinson was coming off a dismal year with the Bears, which would have been 2020. That was Fields' rookie year with the Bears. Their pass protection was ridiculously bad. His last season in Chicago. And the whole coaching staff gets fired. And Fields was swimming and was asked to do way too much. And it was a dismal year. So, watching that tape with the Bears and figuring it out, you know, know, what he – had to overcome that season. And what might have been the worst offense in the year, two years ago, in the league, two years ago? I, in all my fantasy leagues, drafted Allen Robinson like crazy. I'm like, the Rams gave him money. He's going to go into the Super Bowl champs. Stafford's going to be the best quarterback he's ever played with. He's going to see single coverage left and right. You know, Cooper Cup's a star. You know, McVay. So, Allen Robinson is on Matt Williamson's fantasy team all over the place. Fifth, sixth round pick, whatever it was. And of course, from a fantasy lens, I quickly learned to hate him, you know, because he was a fantasy killer this year. Because you play him, you play him, you start him, you start him, then he does nothing, then the Rams offense is terrible, then he gets hurt. 
So he's one of those guys that just kills your team. Now, I knew a lot more about him than that. This is my job. But he had left a bad taste in many people's mouths. And I'm sure some of you, when you saw the deal, not especially when you need to know, know what it all entailed, thought, oh, what do you want that guy for? He's shot. Ugh, he's terrible. He might be. And to be very honest, he's had two very bad years. And we'll get into those circumstances here in a little bit. But he caught 33 passes for the Rams for just 339 yards. Brutal. So, the Rams just won out. I mean, I think the Rams are going to tank to no end. I think they could trade Stafford, although injuries are going to prevent that. I think Aaron Donald could move at the trade deadline or maybe even this weekend. Cooper Cup could be on the move. And I urge you, I know you guys don't care that much about the Rams, but go to OurLads.com, pull up the Rams defensive depth chart. They honestly have like two starters that are legit starters. All their starters on defense are like replacement level players. Like they may pick first in the draft this next year. Like wouldn't shock me if the USC or NC quarterback ends up being McVay's next guy. So they're just dumping everything. They're tanking. They're a disaster. They won the Super Bowl. It's worth it. Now, this isn't a Rams podcast, but I, you do need to look at trades through both lenses. And Robinson isn't worth the money that they signed him to. I mean, it was a big trade or a big signing. However, that deal that they did sign with him, three-year, $46.5 million, none of us, myself included, thought, boy, that's crazy. What an overpay. That was what Robinson was worth one year ago, just one year ago. So, the Rams also this past year were right there with Denver as the most injured team in the league. Matthew Stafford only played nine games. Their offensive line, I'm almost certain, only had the same starting five for two of the 17 games. Cooper Cup was hurt. They played four different quarterbacks last year. So their offense last year was bottom four in EPA per play, bottom four in EPA per dropback. Only Houston averaged fewer yards per play than the Rams, who were just coming off the Super Bowl. And Stafford played nine games, and they were one of the teams that had four starting quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Bryce Perkins, and John Wolford. I mean, you talk about a disaster. And as was the case with Cup, Donald, Stafford, by the time Robinson got injured, I think it was week 11, they're just shutting everybody down. It's over. You know what I mean? And unfortunately for the Rams, they didn't have a first-round pick this year, but, you know, it's over. So... He's played in 110 NFL games, and over his career, now there's two ways of looking at Robinson. If you look at the last two years, in the two possibly worst offenses in the league the last two years, and his tape's not wonderful, and frankly, there's times he's extremely frustrated, borderline disinterested, but I can kind of explain it. But for his, for his career, he's almost 30. His average game, he gets 8.2 targets, 4.8 catches, 61.3 yards, and 0.39 touchdowns, 12.8 yards per catch. That's including two brutal seasons the last two years. If you would just look at the first six years or whatever, those numbers would skyrocket. But those numbers I just gave you are pretty good. So he has three years with a 1,000 or more yards. As a second-year player, he had 1,400. 
And only three years ago, he had 1,250 yards, you know, receiving yards. He's never going to carry the ball. So what kind of player is he? He's never been a burner, but he is a size contested catch monster. And this is at his best. I mean, is he still this guy? I don't know. I mean, that's why you're getting him for this price. But he's 6'3". He's well over 200 pounds. Long limbs. Loves to block. He's a really physical player. He's always at the top of the pro football focus blocking chart, you know, blocking ranks for wide receivers. Long limbs. Big catching radius. Um, great contested ball receiver. Really good at the catch point. Go up and get it. Um, really good at in-breaking routes, slants, drags, you know, down and in type stuff, you know, comebacks as well. Um, in-breakers. He's great through his career. First man coverage. He beats people up at the line of scrimmage. Uses those big long arms to get people off him. And two areas where he's excelled is a spot that I've often brought up to you guys where Pickett and this passing offense really, really struggled. Red zone. And really, Pickett as a red zone passer as a rookie was brutal. And the area I always talk about with you guys, 10 to 19 yards downfield. Pickett was at the bottom of the league, as almost all rookie quarterbacks are in those two. Those are the two hardest areas to complete passes. Well, this is me saying the Steelers recognize this too, because that's where Robinson does his work. You know, that's where he's at his best. So there's a little bit of a you know, background there. Let's take a quick break. We're going to talk more about the situation. I think you're going to warm up to it too. But again, go read the article. All right, we are back. So it almost used to be a comedy. You know, like, has anyone had a harder time being attached to a decent quarterback than Allen Robinson in his career? And it even goes back to Penn State. Like, Christian Hackenberg was his quarterback at Penn State. Well, what's wrong with that, Matt? He was a second-round pick. Well, it kind of reminded me of Mike Evans and Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M, where the receiver made the quarterback look much better than he was. And that was absolutely the case at Penn State. I'm sure some of you guys are Penn State fans can remember back that long, whatever. So he gets drafted the same year with the Jags in the second round that they take Blake Bortles. So his quarterbacks with the Jags, Bortles, Chad Henney. With the Bears, he cut passes from Mitch Trubisky, which we know isn't ideal, isn't exactly Pat Mahomes, and Mitch was struggling mightily at that point. Chase Daniel, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and Justin Fields as a rookie before that whole staff got fired. I mentioned how bad that last year in Chicago was with Fields as a rookie. And they weren't running like Fields is now. I mean, that offense was brutal. So he had to be thrilled to be like, oh man, I'm going to Sign, I'm going to play with Matthew Stafford. I mean, that guy's a borderline Hall of Famer. He just won the Super Bowl. I finally get a quarterback. Well, Stafford was injured. I told you all the things going wrong with the the Rams that year, last year. And Stafford, EPA per play, was the fourth worst quarterback in the league last year. So even when he was out there, 
he was dismal. I mean, he was only better than Baker Mayfield, who was also a Rams quarterback, Davis Mills, and Carson Wentz. His yards per attempt, Stafford, was only higher than five quarterbacks to qualify. I mean, he was 22nd in QBR. And again, he was... I think he only lasted nine games. Four quarterbacks played for them. So just when he thought he was getting an, a quarter, an upper tier quarterback, he didn't at all. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't. Maybe it was the worst quarterbacking year of his career. So again, these last two years have been bad. He's he's averaged thirty four receiving yards per game over the last two seasons, and maybe he's shot. I absolutely think that's a chance. It's true, but history shows. These go up and get it dudes, guys that don't rely on speed and explosion, usually fade away slower. You know, I'm very open to the idea that these last two years weren't pretty by him, the offense, whatever. But in a reasonable offense, should be able to redeem itself to some degree and go be that guy. You know, another thing too, like (laughs) – that last year in Chicago, almost 50% of his routes were either a slant or a curl. And every defense in the planet knew it. Like, they weren't helping him at all. So, these last two years have been brutal, and I'm sure they were extremely frustrating for him. So, what's he fit in here? So, Pickens and Johnson are going to be your outside guys. I mean, surprisingly, they both played Thirteen point one percent of their of their snaps came in the slot, both Johnson and Pickett. And for his career, Johnson's even lower than that. He's at eleven point four. And people move around, so I mean, everyone's going to end up in the slot at some point. But Anthony Miller has been almost exclusively a slot eighty percent of the time over the course of his career has been in the slot. And you got to think sometimes there's two receiver sets, and you're not even have a chance to be in the slot. Um, Calvin Austin, I think, projects the slot, but also was used a ton outside in college. But he's kind of an unknown. You know, what are you going to get in Calvin Austin? Who, who knows? So Robinson, to me, is likely to be the starting power slot like they wanted with Claypool. Juju fits that mold. Guys that they were bringing in for visits, Tillman, Mingo, power slots. And... I didn't originally think of Robinson as a slot because early in his career, he hardly did. He was an outside guy. Go up and get it outside the numbers, prototypical X receiver. You know, he was at 12%, 15% at slot reps the first two years. But the last five seasons, he's been between 29 and 41% of his snaps being from the slot, which doesn't sound like a super high number, especially when I said, you know, Miller was at 80 but there's a lot of times where Robinson's out there with only one other receiver and you don't have a chance to line up in the slot. I know two receivers can line up on the same side and one can be a slot, but you get what I'm saying. Like there's a lot of reps out there where there's not a slot receiver. So last year he was at 33.6% slot and the way he's going, I think that's his future. So I really like this move. Again, it costs you nothing. I think you're, Unlikely might be too strong a word to draft one, but if the right guy's there, you take him. But if you leave this draft without a receiver, that's fine. I still think you could call Boykin back because one of the problems here is he Robinson offers nothing on special teams. 
and Boykin has a, a role. I mean, there's a sixth receiver will be added of note. You, you can, might keep one of those guys. But all in all, I mean, your pecking order is Johnson Pickens. I think Robinson's probably still the three. Austin and Miller. And you might still draft a tight end. Um, it costs you $5 million in cap space. And you still have a lot of flexibility if you want to cut a player or two, certainly restructure a player or two, and even make more cap space. And it doesn't mean that you have to do a certain spot in the draft. I mean, it, this receiver class isn't great. I don't want to go shopping in that aisle unless there's a, a, a value. So I think they accomplished a lot of good stuff here with an easy move, swapping seventh round picks. All right, take care. Over and out.